0: This is a tale from my third or fourth ghost hunt back in 2007. I received a request to investigate a haunting at an old farmhouse in Grant County, Wisconsin. The family wanted to sell their property and move away, and what came next freaked me out. Family friends had asked me to check out their farmhouse. The owners, a couple in their late 70s, wanted to sell the land and move to Madison. They hesitated to sell it at first because it'd been in the family since Wisconsin became a state in 1848. It also had the family graveyard on the property. You're listening to Ghostly Activities. I'm your guide, Jacob Rice, and this is Grant County Ghost Story. Mrs. Halverson, and I've changed the last name to protect the family's identity, felt a strong connection to the property, and she didn't want to leave. It had been with her family since they first settled the area, but Mrs. Halverson's health had started to fail. She needed to be closer to the hospitals in Madison, which is about an hour to the east. She explained that her grandparents and uncles were buried in the family plot just below the low hill where the house sat. She also thought her grandmother was the one that haunted the home. And at least that's what she wanted to know. Was it really her grandmother, or was it her mind playing tricks on her? Her husband went along with the investigation. It made him very uncomfortable, though. He was a devout man, and the talk of ghosts upset him. Mr. Halverson became tense when I spoke to him about the possibility of a spirit. We set a date a few weeks out when I could run the investigation. It would be Saturday. Saturday. October 13th. To be honest, I investigated in the mid-afternoon to early evening, and so normally when you talk about moon phases for a ghost hunt, it's not going to matter that much. And the temperature had dropped into the upper 40s when I began, and, and at this temperature, my digital recorder wouldn't notice cold spots, and my breath could cause what would be called an ectomist. And so I decided to rely on EVP and video evidence, And I brought along an infrared digital camera that could do video. The family had gone away for the weekend, so I had freedom to walk around the property and take recordings. Unfortunately, I couldn't investigate inside the house. Mrs. Halverson made it clear that I had to stay on the porch, and she didn't want me to take pictures. In fact, she was very, very firm about this request. The property was at the end of a long dirt road, and it was miles from any town of note. And in this area of Wisconsin, your addresses were rural route fire codes, not your typical street address. A forest surrounded the property, a mix of maple, oak, and pine trees. The leaves had nearly all changed to the bright yellows, reds, and oranges of fall. It created a crunchy blanket on the forest floor. It was also complemented by gray rocks of the hilly countryside. Bluffs jutted high above the valley floors all sharply carved by the rivers, streams, and creeks that flow into the Mississippi River. This is the Driftless Area in southwestern Wisconsin. The house sat at the bottom of a valley and close to a bluff. It was perched on a small knoll above a stream and had seen better days. The light blue paint had chipped away and exposed the wood underneath. Behind it and by a stream's bank was the family graveyard. It was obvious the stream flooded the area a few times. Dead trees and driftwood were scattered along its banks. There were a few pieces of driftwood by the cemetery's fence. I bet some of the bodies had washed away in the floods. I began my investigation by logging the conditions like temperature, humidity, and moon phase. Next, I laid out my equipment on a blanket. There was no wind and not much background noise. It was very still. My investigation of a half-collapsed barn found nothing special other than a family of raccoons. I sat on the porch for half an hour or so to record EVP and try to glimpse inside the house. Nothing. Then I went to the family graveyard. The fence around the graves had rusted badly. It seemed it would crumble if touched. At this point, it was dusk and the sun was setting behind a bluff, creating an orange sherbet-colored sky. I was fumbling with a flashlight in my bag when I heard a rustling behind some of the moss and lichen-covered gravestones. Again, raccoons was my first thought. But I didn't see any animals in the area. And as I walked closer to the graves, a chill ran down my spine. Something was present. I pointed my infrared camera at the graves, and the batteries began to die. But I caught a shadow. At least it started out as a shadow. Slowly, it started to take form. Standing behind a gravestone was a woman. And I should say the upper half of a woman. Her hair was in a bun, and she wore a gown that was at least 100 years old. And it looked like it had billowing sleeves and one of those white doily collars. When I lowered my camera to see with my own eyes, there was nothing, just the woods behind the cemetery. As I raised my camera again to see the infrared image, she was still there. I clicked and took a picture. She looked at me and seemed very peaceful. A head appeared at her waist level, the bottom of her apparition, and it looked like a little boy. They soon faded away and the batteries in my camera gained their charge again. This encounter left me stunned. I had no idea what to do with it. Do I put it on MySpace, Friendster, throw some pictures up on Flickr? Luckily, my senses came back to me. I was a ghost hunter, and the first people to see this evidence should be the Halversons. The next day, I drove back to their house from my hotel in Platteville to show them the evidence. I didn't have really much to show them, just the black and white picture of the female apparition. Mrs. Halverson looked at it and nodded, and then she asked me to delete it. You see, Mrs. Alverson explained that it was likely her grandmother and one of her uncles. Her grandmother had lost a child in a farm accident. The boy was about six or seven years old when he died, and he was buried in that cemetery. They thanked me for coming out and said that they would have their pastor come to the house, clear it of spirits and bless it. In the end, they just wanted to sell the property, and they really, in good conscience, couldn't sell a haunted house. I hear they passed away a few years later and as far as I know there are no ghosts at the Halverson house anymore.